Information equity, what it is and what it's costing you. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. And in this podcast, I'm actually going to be breaking down for you two articles that are on this topic that I've done a whole lot of thinking about, which is the information diet. You've probably kind of wrestled yourself with this question of what should I be spending my time and attention on? There's just so much information. So let's dive in. One of our greatest misconceptions in our age of mind-blowing technology, you know, I can rent a scooter sitting on the street with my smartphone for 15 minutes. One of our greatest misconceptions in this age is that information is free or wants to be. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I'll make the case that information is actually one of the most expensive things in the world. And no matter how much money or Bitcoin you have, you'll never be able to afford as much of it as you need. If you haven't guessed already, the cost of information consumption is time and attention, our two most limited resources, which are almost always better spent on the things that really matter in life relationships, health, and fulfilling work. Most information consumption is an inefficient use of these very scarce resources. Considering the limited short-term memory we humans have, the vast majority of this information just gets absorbed into our subconscious to re-emerged, blurred, and convoluted by our emotions at the moment. I would even go as far as to say that generations past had it better because information had more tangible costs. You can think about a $300 encyclopedia volume that took up an entire shelf in your living room. We had one of those as kids, or a 10-pound yellow pages directory, or hundreds of documents in a complicated filing system. The trouble of extracting knowledge from these forms of media meant that the seeker made sure it was going to be worth their while. Let's give a practical example. As an entrepreneur and uh, marketing guy, consultant, biohacking consultant guy, I make about $125 an hour. More if I account for the revenue continuity of my uh, cryptocurrency investing and uh, affiliate revenues. Let's say since I'm fast, it takes me 15 minutes to skim a decent blog and watch a YouTube video on a subject and 
Remember the 80-20 principle. I probably need to skim more than this to learn what I need to. This has a finite time cost to me of about $32. I'm going to have to work overtime to cover the time spent consuming information. So it's cost me another 15 minutes that should be spent enjoying the life I'm working so damn hard for. This costs me time that I could spend lounging with my wife after dinner, sipping a little bit of wine. Like you, I only have about 8 to 10 hours of productive mental energy a day. And yes, I've done all the biohacks, all the smart drugs, all the nootropics to try to push that number up higher, and I'm capped out at about 10 hours a day. Active, applicable information consumption takes at least twice the mental energy of doing some sort of work. Uh, if you're doing, unless your work is incredibly demanding, if your work is often sort of rote, uh, repeated tasks, doing active, actually learning something from your information consumption is gonna probably take about twice the mental energy. And sometimes it's a much greater gap, you know? A, a lot of us do work that's not particularly demanding of our cognitive faculties. So those 15 minutes cost me 30 minutes of mental energy. 30 minutes stolen from energy that could have been devoted to actual work. And keep in mind, this example is just 15 minutes of information consumption. Sometimes we spend hours a day. If I'm going to, and I suggest that you do, treat time as money and my knowledge as potential power, it becomes clear that I need to be getting equity above and beyond the value of the knowledge I am getting to cover the high cost of acquiring it. Whenever I engage in information consumption, I'm often, actually I shouldn't say whenever, but often I'm putting myself in a position of information inequity. I thus need to be very selective about what I pay attention to. And this is why I don't watch popular TV shows. But everyone will be ranting and raving about something new on Netflix, and I pass on that. I don't watch sports, and I will often turn off movies after 30 minutes if they aren't amazing. If I'm not really enjoying the movie, I turn it off and I will uh, make love to my wife, I'll do some meditation, I'll read a book instead. I have discriminating standards. We live in an interesting time where there is this massive disparity between the amount of information we can consume and the amount of time we have to do it. 
our success individually and culturally over the next century will be decided not by the amount of information we acquire, but by our ability to leverage the value of it. And I will next dive into the follow-up article that I did on this topic, Information Equity, Seven Ways to Maximize Your ROI from it. But I would direct you to go and check out the documentary. Uh, it's sort of a documentary, a pseudo-documentary that I made all about my high-leverage information diet. And that's just what I call it, the high-leverage information diet. And I do have that linked in the blog article. Actually, I have it embedded in the article that you could find linked below this podcast. So, we've discussed the vice of information holicism, <laughs> invented word there, and the dynamic of information equity. Let's now cover eight ways of increasing information equity and the value you get from your information consumption. Uh, these are things like task batching, mental segregation, and using memory triggers. Okay, how do you increase information equity? Practice task batching in combination with passive information consumption. So you want to separate your work into two categories. First is the creative, high mental energy consuming tasks. For me, this would be things like blogging, writing, negotiating, sales calls, designing things, meetings, uh, strategizing, planning, communicating with other people, etc. And I might add, uh, sometimes working on my websites, programming things in the content management system that can demand a lot of energy and focus. And then the second category, crucially, is monotonous or repetitive tasks which require little mental energy. For example, responding to emails, organizing paperwork, data entry, etc. Plan your type B tasks at the end of the day when your mental energy is low and batch the most similar monotonous tasks one after another. While you're doing this, consume information passively. And I'll mention some of my favorite forms for passive information consumption. Uh, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts, and listening to documentary films. You could also just head on over to YouTube. Nowadays, it's kind of, nowadays there is a blurry line between documentary films and like YouTube documentaries. I mean, most documentaries you can find on YouTube nowadays, and there's this kind of a blurry line of YouTube presentations that are, that are better produced, that are documentary-ish, right? Although I do really like the website Top Documentary Films. I link to that. And they have, I think, 3,000 documentary films that you can watch for free. So yeah, when you're 
in your second half of the day and you've got those type two tasks all lined up that are going to be kind of monotonous, get a playlist, could be a podcast playlist, could be an audiobook, uh, could be a bunch of YouTube videos about a topic, and just let that playlist rip while you're doing something that uh, takes up, uh, if you're being honest with yourself, you know, maybe 10, 20% of your mental energy and your attention. This is something that has, I think, made me actually a pretty educated person uh, being I'm a <laughs> I'm a, a high school graduate those are my academic credentials but people will often say that I'm highly educated people ask me where I went to college and I went to the college on the internet and that that passive information consumption has a lot to do with it next importantly Let's talk about memory triggers. When you consume a piece of particularly valuable information, use a memory trigger, an association, to make sure that that information is benefiting you at some point in the future. For example, sometime within the next month, you're going to be having a conversation with someone about blogging or a blog, it'll probably come up. And I suggest that you use the phrase information equity. And uh, it's going to make you seem really smart. Here's the memory trigger I suggest you use. The memory trigger is going to be the word blog. And so we're going to create an association stream around the word blog. Every time you hear this word, think Blah, 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 blog, blah, blog, blah. Then imagine a person's mouth making an O shape as they say, blah, 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 blah. Now imagine a fraction sign inside their mouth, which is making a zero shape. That zero represents the amount of information equity their blogging creates and reinforce the mental association. Mentally say the word blog, then mentally yell at yourself, blah, 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 while visualizing the mouth. Do this three times. Should take you about 30 seconds. And initially forming these memory triggers will feel a little odd, you'll feel a little funny, and it will take some mental energy and creativity. But as you do them more often, it will become real natural to you. It'll just be the thing that you do when you want to remember something. Next, application-based information consumption. I highly recommend a top-down approach to your information consumption. Start with the end in mind. Clearly identify a problem or issue you are having. Determine first whether it's a definitive solution problem or an ambiguous solution problem. Here are some examples to illustrate the 
difference. So a definitive solution problem would be something like, how do I set up a Facebook fan page? And an ambiguous solution problem would be like, how do I improve my online presence for my small business? For an ambiguous solution problem, I would use a forum or a consultant and describe your problem specifically so you can get answers tailored to your specific situation. And for this sort of thing, in the past, I had recommended LinkedIn answers. And unfortunately, that is not a thing anymore. I'd recommend something like Quora at this point. Quora is a social networking website where you can ask all sorts of questions. And when you submit the questions, importantly, you want to make sure that you're notifying people that might be able to answer those questions. And they give you that option right there when you submit it. I think you can request answers from up to 25 people. And so there will be business people, doctors, accountants, lawyers, authors, and consultants of all types that you can think of. And you'd be surprised with Cora. Sometimes you can get back some pretty well-informed answers to your questions. Of course, it's the internet. You can also be misinformed. But I tend to use that if there's some question that I'm trying to get really answered. I will also go out on Reddit. And Reddit is a hive of scum and villainy. Reddit, I do not trust highly. But not all subreddits are created equal. Some subreddits actually have people that really know what they're talking about in them. So I'll go and post my question in a couple of subreddits. And then I'll try to find some internet forum that's devoted to that topic. And I'll go and submit it there. Or maybe there's a Facebook group uh, on the topic. And I'll just copy and paste whatever my vexing question is about five or 10 different places around the internet. And then I'll usually accumulate, I don't know, I'll usually accumulate a decent response. And that'll give me some pretty good, uh, pretty good direction to go forward on. Next, I'll mention mental segregation between infotainment and learning. We spend an increasing amount of time consuming information for pleasure. It's important to put up a mental wall between the times of the day and hours that are spent on productive activities and time that's spent enjoying the life that you're working so damn hard for. Infotainment during work hours will probably distract you from getting things done. So make sure that information consumption during work hours is somewhat related to improving your work, that it's moving you towards whatever your goals, hope, mission is in life. Next, I'll mention do it, delegate it, or dump it. 
we all have dozens of activities on our mental to-do list. It's important to put these activities into three categories. Do it. Uh, you should ideally have under five activities that you are going to try to accomplish in a day and try to schedule time to completing those activities. Second, delegate it. Pass this activity off to someone who works for you, a partner or a colleague. Or thirdly, dump it. Ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen if you don't do this activity? If it's not that bad, if it's something that's been sitting around on your to-do list since time immemorial, then just dump it. Free up the mental space. Next, accountability. Find a partner who holds you accountable to following through on finishing the things you start. Let your accountability partner know you have invested your time in consuming information and commit to them that you will do whatever it takes to follow through. And finally, you want to practice discipline and persistence. You thought this uh, blog was all about clever ways of hacking life. Nope. Whenever you consume knowledge, make a mental commitment to yourself that you will put this knowledge to valuable use. Make sure you have a specific plan to do so and then follow through. And as a MP3 listener with good taste, if you are not already, I'll suggest that you check out and subscribe to the Limitless Mindset podcast. It's a little different than formulaic self-help podcasts that you've probably already listened to a bunch of times. On the Limitless Mindset podcast, I do deep dive, rigorous audio presentations on health, science, mindset, and philosophy that I think you'll find stimulating and provocative. One of the most effective ways to increase your mind power is to hit the gym or do cardio exercise on a consistent basis. Listening to the Limitless Mindset podcast while working out is an excellent idea for several reasons. First, if you listen to the podcast while working at the office, commuting, or running errands, that's better than not listening at all. However, while doing these tasks, you are not going to be giving full attention to the content of the podcast. While exercise should be physically stimulating, it's not very mentally stimulating. And by listening to my podcast while working out, you will be giving your brain a workout also. And my podcasts typically end up being between 45 to 60 minutes, sometimes a bit longer. So it's about the same length of time you spend working out. So I would love it if someone out there uh, took a selfie of themselves listening to my podcast on their smartphone while they were there at 
the gym or uh, jogging around the, the path in the woods by their house. Hopefully you don't get attacked by a bear. <laughs> that would make my day to receive something like that. So send them on over to me. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.